Gavin, I'm starting to look a little concerned, I'm starting to be a little concerned rather with how you're looking, because you're looking a bit peaky. Uh, all your teeth have fallen out, and there's a giant sort of cavernous moor, essentially, where your mouth was. And I think rats are living in it, and all their tails have clumped together, and all of the blood and the pus that is in your mouth. You, you're ill, Gavin, you're ill. At least it's not my foot. It's not your foot. I think it's tram. I mean... Everything, your foot's fine. Your foot's lovely. I see that right now. It's a porcelain picture. It's everything else now. You've got the world's healthiest foot and everything else has gone proper manky. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nipping, I'm nipping this one in the bud. If we're going to do a someone's gross and sick, let's do loads of fan art of it. Let's make it you this time, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Do people do fan art? I don't remember that. Yeah, someone did a fan art of me rotting and dying and I was like, yeah, let's not. Yeah, what are you doing, Jim? This is not an episode 200 thing. This is a thing from an old episode we used to do. Ah! Oh. What are we on, episode 200 or episode 2? Oi! 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 So that was a callback to old early pod acquisitions because it is special one today. It is episode 200. 200. 200. 200. That's 200. Considering some of these went over an hour sometimes over like nearly two hours that is well over 200 hours of utter shit on on a conservative estimate if you assumed every episode was an hour you could listen 12 hours a day for 16 days and probably not get through it you shouldn't christ you shouldn't do that but you could that's a lot of us we've put in the world Uh, we've spent more time on talking shit here than most people have spent on Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, include the fact that on the same feed you got spin-off Doctors, which ends up two hours anyway, and then some other things we put up, that is so much audio that you should never listen to. Yeah. yeah. And I, I have like 200 songs as well, so, you know. Yeah. We've, we've done nearly four years of this bollocks show <laughs> at this point, and... It is weird. It, it's been a weird week looking back at like the last 200 episodes of this shit because we've done, there's a lot of things we did and then stopped doing. This show has changed a bit over the years. Oh yeah. I mean, that's my whole career is me committing to doing a thing and then not doing it, which makes the longevity of this amazing. Yeah. If you're not evolving, people get bored. I mean, that's... But, yeah. That's true. This this is, I think, like the longest concurrent, like longest ongoing running thing that like podcast wise any of us have done this is oh yeah i did not expect this show to last this long yeah the longest podcast run i've ever had it's my only podcast so i'm glad it's gone on oh there we go well you hitched you hitched yourself to a good one one that that survived and lasted yes and in tradition of special occasions um i mean i'm not gonna get fucking blasted i can't do that any i'm too old for that too old to get drunk now if, if I want to be chemically induced, uh, I go for something that's a little harder to get. But um, here we are with... I, I looked in the fridge, and I looked on top of the fridge for drinks. The best I've managed to get is a bottle of Fanta and some Amaretto. So so I'm just about to add the Amaretto to the Fanta orange. And that's going to be my day. I hope it works. Uh I'm going back to an old segment of this show that I used to do back in the day and haven't done in a while, which is Laura drinks a weird thing that's probably video game branded in some way. Uh, So I have two drinks for this special episode. I have just 
the remains of a bottle of Prosecco because that's just that's just a nice classy drink for this celebratory occasion. But I also have a bottle of cyberpunk branded beer that I got at Gamescom. Oh, oh nice. So I'm I'm gonna crack open the cyberpunk beer and I will at some point let you know how cyberpunk it tastes. Let me know if it gets you cyber drunk or if it tastes like cyber spunk. Uh, hey! I'm suspecting the latter at the moment. And and later maybe you're gonna blow cyber chunks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope for a nice calm day. And fall into your cyber bunk. <laughs> With a cyber thunk. Oh my god. <laughs> Stop me. I've just I've just taken a swig of the uh, the cyberpunk beer. Mm. It's definitely in the latter category. It doesn't taste very cyberpunk. Mm. When, when I picture cyberpunk, I'm thinking like neon and electricity and, and stuff. This, this just tastes like a really crappy beer. In a way, though, that is kind of cyberpunky because like most of the people and and protagonists in the cyberpunk universe would probably be drinking dingy beer in dingy bars i don't know i feel like cyberpunk futures are like dark and gritty enough that it'd be something stronger like i i feel like i should be swigging whiskey out a bottle if i if if i'm gonna have a cyberpunk drink (laughs) yeah exactly This, this feels like very middle of the road this isn't active enough to be cyberpunk so would you say it's cyber cyber junk (laughs) <laughs> what I've ended up with is what I imagine beer in the Kirby universe tastes like. It's like drinking a melted cold cherry bakewell. Is that a good thing? Are you enjoying this experience? Um I mean <laughs> I, I mean it's it's sickly. <laughs> it's sickly, I'll give it that. It's it's not a thing you're gonna be downing. I'm not, no, if I down this I will throw up. Which I've already done today because of a fucking... Right? Don't make chalky pills, pharmaceutical companies. If I need medicine, I don't... It's counterproductive to... If it goes down even slightly at the wrong angle, I will just chuck it up. Don't don't make the pills big. Make twice as many pills at half the size and tell me to take two. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to swallow the huge one. I'd rather have two little pills than one big chalky bastard. Yeah. Anyway, speaking about... Bitter pills to swallow. Are we going to talk about Toad? (laughs) We must, before we go any further, address the mushroom in the room. Uh, By the way, very quickly, I'm drinking Azahi, which is a very nice Japanese beer. Oh, yeah. It's a really nice dry beer, isn't it? Yes, it is. I have no fucking clue what that means, but I know I like it. Uh, so yeah, let's 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 talk about the the toad in the room. Yeah. Um. No, no body shaming here. Everyone's body is is great the way it is. But I do love any week where their photoshops of toad popping out of Donald Trump's trousers have to occur. Yeah. Uh, Stormy Daniels, that person who allegedly had an affair with Donald Trump. Apparently, apparently she plays Mario Kart and thinks that Donald Trump's penis looks like Toad from Mario Kart. I mean, I don't know if she plays Mario Kart. She did describe Donald Trump, the president's penis, as the (laughs) mushroom character from Mario Kart. So she might have a passing passing knowledge of it. I mean, anyone knows Mario Kart. Possibly, but I don't think most people off the top of their head would remember that Phrasing, phrasing, Laura. That there's a mushroom (laughs) character in it. I don't know. I mean, if if I saw someone's, if someone's penis looked like a comical mushroom, that'd be my first reach. 
I can't think of many other cartoon mushrooms. Um, but yeah, this is. It was described as the least impressive sex she ever had. I mean, it, she could have. She could have meant the Goombas as well. I mean. I mean. I mean. Did she specify that it was Toad? Oh, she specified Mario Kart. Okay. Yeah, and there's no Goombas in Mario Kart. There should be. This should be a, a, a Goomba racer. Yeah. Get on that, Nintendo. Fix that shit, because Lord knows people can't play as Toad anymore. We, we don't know for sure. Maybe she played a more recent Mario Kart and she's actually talking about Toadette. We don't know. We don't know. Does, does the president's penis have pigtails? That's the question. I don't know. We know that David Cameron's penis has a pigtail on the end of it. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he ever fucked a toad, actually. I wonder. Not like a mushroom toad, but an actual toad. Just, just, just a frog-like toad. Just in his, you know, in his bestial activities <laughs> that they got up to in their posh colleges. The, the main thing this reminded me of, Jim, and this is not about Donald Trump's penis, but this reminded me. Do you remember when we talked about Mario character penises? Do you remember that picture of Toad's dick we saw? Oh, vaguely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 he's just sort of lying with his legs spread and was very, very happy while showing his penis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was overjoyed. He was three. Toad's probably not smiling at the moment. Was he like, paint, paint me like one of your French mushrooms? Oh, yes, exactly like that. So, anyway, the, the point is is I found this out. I found out this news via Kotaku. And I gotta say, game industry, games media, has been on the ball here. On the balls, as it were. They have jumped. Games journalists have jumped on the president's penis. Because <laughs> games journalism has never been more relevant. This is this is mainstream politics, people. <laughs> Games journalism has never been so relevant because the president's penis looks like a cartoon mushroom. US fucking A. Do you know where this story broke? It was fucking BBC News. Mm-hmm. Had the exclusive on this. Everyone working in games media can now call their mum up and say, see, I do have a real job. Yeah. See, as, as far as I'm aware, this is only the second American, pre American president penis that we have on the record talks about. Uh, the only other one is L LBJ, who um, apparently had to have the crotch of his trousers brought lower because it was riding up into his balls too much. Yeah, big, big hangy balls. You got to watch for them. It's just you know, of any president presidency, this could have happened. In this one, it feels the least weird that this. Happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it only makes sense. It would be weirder if we didn't have. If we didn't know Donald Trump's penis looked like Toad, and we know it, it's a fact, it's science, it would be weird. It would be weirder not knowing what the what Donald Trump's penis looks like, or at least having a good visual. Yeah, it it was only a matter of time before we got a description <laughs> of his penis. This is just the kind of era we're living in. Well, I mean, yeah. people are worried it's only a matter of time before we see it, because they've set up this fucking thing where they can send alerts to people's phones unbidden, from the president's desk. So eventually, the United States population will get one mass dick pic. Uh, Instead of that, they could just send them a nice, like, healthcare or a meal. A nice meal. Like, maybe toad in the hole would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, apparently just... It's small, but not freakishly so. So, you know, a little under the average, that's fine. Yeah. Big old mushroom head. And some, some people were like on Twitter being like, Melania, can you confirm this? And I'm like, how the fuck would she know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you want to ask some people who are crying in the corner. Oh. They're, they're a more likely bet. So now that we've offended Fucking. roughly 3% of you, who are raging, raging in the comments right now about what cucks we are. I've offended to myself thinking about any of this. That is all of the video game news of the week done. It's all that matters. It's all that matters. Should we, should we start playing a retrospective game that I have set up for this episode? Yeah. Are we gonna are we gonna save talking about Tomb Raider for next week? Or are we gonna do it this week or or what? Do uh, we can we, yeah, we, we can, can always talk about it. I've I've played a, I played a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, right now it feels like the rest of the ones we've already played, and that's not a bad thing so far. I found it boring. For me, it felt like the best and worst in the series because it had way more puzzles and tombs, and they were harder. And I loved that, especially towards the end. But it also had, like, by far the worst bits in the series, which were the underwater stealth sections. They oh. can go eat a fucking... They can go eat a bag of toads. So much swimming. Yeah. That was so dull. Yeah. yeah. And the one hit killed piranhas. Who the fuck thought that was going to be fun? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of anything in the water, but I liked all the uh, the interactions between Lara and her friend that she's travelling with, who I've forgotten his name. Jonah. Jonah. Jonah, yeah. He needed more screen time. That's the one good thing of this game. Yeah. I, I like all the interactions between Jonah and Lara. I, I, some of the early stuff in those first few hours has felt very real and very human between them. Yeah. I uh, like that mission where you're climbing up Croft Manor as a kid and, and being all, oh, I'm going to break lovely. it. Ah, shit, I fell off my roof. That, that was similar to the DLC in Rise, which was actually one of the best parts of the game and should have been in the main game. Well, this, this is the thing. I'm only like two to three hours in. Mm. Right now, I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm well aware it's got a long way to go and it yeah. could well go downhill. Funny enough, one of the complaints I saw on your video, Jim, which was a fair one at the point that I think you were at, was that there wasn't much of the kind of set piece stuff. Um, and it was much more kind of slow. There's a lot more of that late in the game, but it takes a long time to get there. I mean, that was it. Like, by the time I finally got to it, I felt shortchanged because I was like, okay, now set pieces are happening. But they're nothing like the last ones, and the in, and in the last games they were distributed a lot more evenly. For this, it's so much swimming and collectibles, and oh. yeah, they really jumped the shark with the collectibles. <laughs> I mean, I I I like collectibles. Yeah, you know, I I kind of almost hundred percented the last one as far as I remember. Yeah, but my. God, they really jumped the shark with it in this one. Yeah, I was the same way. In the other ones, I was all for it. But this, between the fact that there's just a saturation of them, and more than in the other games, it seems to me, uh, you go off the beaten path only to be told you don't have the right gear yet. And then that happened a few times in the other games. But here, I just felt actively discouraged from exploring anything until I had all of the gear. And by the time I did, I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to go back through those fucking open sprawls and trying to remember where everything was. Fuck off. All of this is correct, but also I quite like that sort of golden colour to all the tombs is quite nice. I know it's only mm. just like they put the piss filter over it, but it looks quite nice. Oh yeah. Stylistically it's nice. Yeah. I, I'm I'm much preferred the environments in this to all the bloody snow in the last game. Yeah, to totally agreed. I see I'm I'm a bit different there. I think it might be because the first of the Tomb Raider reboot series was similar to the Peruvian jungle in this one. Yeah, yeah. And the Siberia 
uh, setting broke that up. And this just felt like going back a bit. I would have enjoyed something different. You know, give us a bit of a desert or something. I didn't mind the jungle stuff too much so far because there was that snow as a palate cleanser. Had, had like, one and three been back-to-back, I would totally have complained about the, the jungle stuff. For me, the best part of this game was, like, the intro in Mexico. I would have liked that to have been extended. Yeah, that, that was cool. That yeah. little segment leading into the tsunami stuff was great. And then, oh, yeah. And then Jonah chews Lara out for making everything about her and what she wants. It's like, you know the world doesn't revolve around you, etc. I'm like, okay, this is going somewhere interesting. Oh, wait, no, she's getting exactly what she wanted anyway, so it is revolving around what uh, she wants. Okay, business as usual, let's smash up some temples like we're imperialists. I did like early on that um, Jonah got to have his little flirting moment with the with the lady that they met in Peru. Yeah, That was sweet. I was like, I want good things for Jonah. Jonah's lovely. And it's funny because he doesn't have much of a personality communicated. I think it's mostly the voice actor. It's just so... Oh, yeah. He's got such an affable voice. Can we just get a trilogy of Jonah going off on adventures? Can we get Jonah's adventure games? At the very least, I'd like a DLC. Here's a fun thing we could do. A DLC where, because all the parts where Jonah spits up and always somehow gets to the destination before Lara. (laughs) I want to know how he did that. Give us that as a DLC. (laughs) We can call it Tomb Jonah. (laughs) Uh, I'd be all about that. There's a moment in this game though and I don't think either of you have seen it so I won't spoil it, but it's like for me, the best moment in this series, right, was in the first game when Lara climbs the first tower and kind of that's the moment where she kind of overcomes her fear and kind of it's just very epic and it's very, yeah, you can do this, you know, you're, it, it was her first really heroic act, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, there's a moment later in the game where it kind of does the same but the opposite, i.e. I. the moment where oh my god, now she's the fucking predator. She's a fucking evil, murdering, badass. Like, And it was it was this amazingly shot, if that's the word you can use, moment and the, this beautiful droning music that goes with it as she rises out of the water, like Apocalypse Now style, mm. and is ready. And something has happened in the story that she's ready to fucking whoop all kinds of ass because of and it is such a fucking brilliant moment it literally like it, it gave me shivers on the back of my neck and i was like wow she i'm glad she's finally made it to that point because like mm. it's taken a lot of game to get to okay she is now a competent person at raiding tombs this this wasn't that this was now she's ready to murder some sons of bitches <laughs> and the first guy she comes across i actually i felt bad for him <laughs> I found it interesting that they scaled back a lot of the combat in this one after they've established that she's a seasoned killer. Uh, because the first game had a lot of complaints about the whole Ludo narrative dissonance where, and there was a bit of that. That term gets thrown around too much, or got thrown around too much. I think that term was appropriate for her whole, I've killed someone and I'm I'm totally shocked inside oh wait now i'm gonna murder without feeling it was one of the few games it was one of the few games where that term made sense but it's like they got the message on that three games in i always disagreed with that because there's a moment in that game where she's she's killed a few people and jonah's like are you okay and she responds i'm actually a bit surprised how easy it was oh i remember I think we've had this conversation before as well. Yeah, but but the thing is, is the reason why I would say ludonarrative dissonance is applicable there is 
yes, she says that, but her actions mechanically in the game don't reflect that. Yeah. Like, the the mechanics of I'm going to go and murder a bunch of people without a second thought don't really line up with the, no, I'm still shaken, I'm, I'm still really upset about killing people. But this late in the game, or game series as it were, it's it's an interesting decision. It's a little baffling to me, because I understand some people appreciate that there's less combat in this one. For me, I'm like, some games I do agree are better without combat. Soma, for example, didn't mm. need any of that stealthy Heidi stuff. Uh, no Man's Sky, I always said, was at its best when you were just riding around in your spaceship. Um, I don't need combat, but some games do in my mind, and this series, without that combat sort of liberally dispersed, made it dull to me. I felt the opposite. I, wa- I wanted more. Uh, I wanted more tombs and more puzzles, and that's what I got in this one. The other thing that gets me is so many skills on the skill tree are combat related, and yes. and like mm-hmm. the the new thing you can do where you string them up, Batman or Spider Man style from trees. I'm. Um, you, you barely get to use it. The, the combat in this game feels good. Yeah. Like, why shy away from that? It feels good to fight in this game. Again, there's a lot more combat towards the end. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I I will obviously come back to it next week, and, like, I'll have probably finished it by then, but I've only put a couple of hours in so far, and, like, yeah, right right now it feels all right. Yeah. For me, it's it's, like, it's the best and worst in that trilogy for different reasons. Yeah. It has the by far the best like puzzles and tombs because they they were all it was like at times this felt like playing one of the old games you know mm. with the big complex puzzles and shit and I hope the next game they make is a linear game full of that. Well, the hammerettos sunk to the bottom. <laughs> oh. Anyway, episode two hundred. We're not going to go on too much about Lara. So. <laughs> Reviewers, it's Lara. It's not Laura. Oh my god! You know what? I'm going to call Laura. <laughs> I'm going to call Laura Lara for this whole episode. Oh, am I Lara now? <laughs> okay. Lara K. Buzz. Simon Miller at What Culture, there's a wrestler called Oscar, and he always calls her Oscar, like to grouch. <laughs> uh... At this point, he knows he's doing it. He just He's just committed to it. I've got to, got, got to raise my glass to that, and then I've got to drink down some more. Oh, it's horrible. Here, we'll, we'll cheers. I'm going to clink my bottle and blast it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to smash my glass into the microphone to simulate it. There, there we are. go. There's mine clinked to the, the mic as well. Uh, so, yeah, we've done 200 episodes of this bloody shit, and I've got a bunch oh, of, no. like, I've got a bunch of uh, episode titles for you, and <laughs> I'm going to throw some episode titles at you both and just go, can you fucking remember why this happened? Okay. All right. <laughs> go for uh, it. <laughs> i tell you what, let's take it in turns. If you hit Gav with one, then hit me with one, and we can cycle back and forth. Okay. Oh yeah, and if and if we don't guess it, then the other person. Does. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna start with Jim. Right. Uh, episode one hundred and four. Weed. Uh oh. <laughs> I remember the title. I don't remember the context. Fuck. Okay, I'm thinking a stoner <laughs> version of Mask, the eighties show. Weed. <laughs> Seth, Seth Rogen remakes Mask from the eighties. <laughs> That would be amazing! That would be amazing, but no. Uh, This was an episode in which, I don't know why, but you showed me, for some reason, Jim, a soundboard on a phone, and (gasps) one of the sound effects was, whoa, 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 weed. Yeah! I remember that the 
horrible, obnoxious meme soundboard. <laughs> this this is the episode that you just abandoned us halfway through the episode. I think to go record voice lines for some game project. Uh, that might have been We Happy Few, actually. Uh, Gavin had been to the bathroom, and I was just left wittering onto myself for about five minutes, being like, I sure hope Gav shows back up, but I'm not going to edit around this. Here's what's in my office right now. Weed. Weed! Uh, okay, I've got one for Gavin. Uh, let's go with... Do-do-do-do-do. BDSM and King Henry VIII's tits. Okay, now I'm gonna guess that this was my local rock bar that I was in, which is named BDSM. No? Am I off base here? I think you're on the right track. Can you remember what the King Henry VIII's tits bit is about? No... This was very early. This was episode 11. Was I gushing over Natalie Dormer? No. So King Henry VIII's tits was... This was back when I was still living in that pub flat. And occasionally having to record, like, just on the other side of the door from the pub garden. Was this one of those blokes being overheard? Yeah, this was an overheard bloke who said something along the lines of... Oh, yeah, tits were much better in King Henry VIII's times. <laughs> I could, basing it purely on portraits he's seen, I'm imagining. Or the ch- or the Tudors. <laughs> or the Tudors, yeah. Uh, uh, so I've got one for Jim. The $386,000 special edition. Ah. This, is another, this is another early one. It's episode 14. Do you know what special edition that was? This was that zombie game, wasn't it? It was uh, Dying mm-hmm. Light or Dead yeah. by Di- Dying Light. It, yeah, it was one of the zombie ones that had you could get a zombie a, a house. shelter. Yeah, yeah. Like basically you a get building a house. This is the one that oh, didn't come yeah. with a copy of the fucking game. <laughs> that was the best bit. This is the story they need to revisit and how that person is doing now who won that. Yeah, are they still living in it? They sell it? They play the <laughs> play the estate market with that shit? Did anyone even buy it or did it, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, I got one for Gav because I know Jim will know the answer to this one. Uh, this was episode 29, Black Widow Motel. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. I don't know, was this one of Jim's stories about beings made entirely of spiders? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> it should be. I've noticed, I've noticed that's a thing that Jim likes to talk about. Like, uh, this person is a being made entirely of spiders. <laughs> I do like likening things to what looks like some sort of spider composite. I also did once um, envision a movie starring Willem Dafoe called Sing a Song of Spiders. Where he would, instead of singing notes, he would sing spiders out. And, um, yeah. If if only there were a movie in which William Defoe was in that had some form of spider theme where he fought mm-hmm. spider things. Who could tell? Who could tell? Uh, but, I, yeah, I can, I know what this is in reference to. This is one of my favourite uh, stories from E3. Um, back when I was working for Destructoid. Because Destructoid was... A bit of a DIY company, <laughs> and at one point we uh, went to a motel. Uh, well, I say at one point that was for the whole week. We stayed at a, a hotel that just had Black Widow spiders hanging around in it. Wow! Um, so that was vaguely terrifying. And one night, just one night, Tommy Tallarico's car was outside, <laughs> just for one night, and then gone. 
in the creepy little sordid Black Widow motel where people would play pornography so loud you could hear it from your room with their windows open, I'm assuming. Where was this? It was in uh, LA, um, like Koreatown, I think. Um, yeah, porn being played through people's doors, not even from my room. Because I had to share it with four fucking people. Um, wardrobes propped up on cinder blocks. Amazing place. I don't remember what it was called. I just called it the Black Widow Motel. We did play some porno very loud in a hotel once. We came back from a gig really, really fucking drunk. And we put on porno so loud. And now that I think <laughs> about it, no wonder they were giving us funny looks down in the lobby <laughs> in the morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have I ever told the story on here of the time I was in a hotel room with some friends and very, very, very clearly there was an orgy happening in the, the room, like, next to ours? Sorry um, about that, Laura. We, uh, if we'd known you were there, we'd have invited you. We had this, like, endless cycle of new people entering and leaving this room and then a bunch of sex noises and banging wow. on the wall and vibration through the bathroom wall and... It was weird. I'll tell you what, I'd let him, like, make him keep that shit down. I ain't got no problem with orgies. Yeah. But here's, here's what the rule should be. If you're doing it in a hotel, if anyone can hear it, they're allowed in. <laughs> That'll make them keep it down. If I can hear it, I want in. So <laughs> expect a knock on your door. If, and not to tell you to be quiet, I'll, you know, turn up with some Mike's Hard Lemonade and be like, let me in. I'd say that. It would be homemade. <laughs> Hard lemonade, Fanta and Amarillo. <laughs> uh, Jim, I've got another one for you. Oi! What? It's one nil to him, and he gets an extra question. <laughs> you defaulted your question. No, that was your that was your question. Black oh, Widow Motel was your it. question, and you failed <laughs> oh. to get it. This game is <laughs> so annoyed. This is a rigged, okay. rigged. This is un- so unfair. Very bad. Sad. Okay. Um. <laughs> Episode set. Actually, no. I'm gonna give Jim one that I think is quite hard. Oh, that's what Donald Trump said. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the title. You've got to try and tell me who guested on this episode. Okay. Uh, wank rose and tree stump shagging. Fucking hell. <laughs> Do you remember anything about this episode? I almost want to say that this is something related to Gavin. So here's what I will tell you. Say, say the title again, Laura. Uh, wank rose. And tree stump shagging. I want to say Gavin is related to the tree stump shagging. Not that he did it, but there's some reference he may have made. I could be entirely wrong, though. I don't know off the top of my head if he is related to the tree stump shagging. Um, um, I'm going to say that Jim's not got this. This was no. episode 36. We had Brian Altano on. Oh, oh yeah. And this was this was the episode where we talked about... Some very interesting topics. We talked about parking lot masturbation. We mm. po- talked about that time that I shat myself. Oh. It was th- that episode. It was a weird one. Great days. Great days. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think Gavin might get this to even the points up a bit. Episode seven. It's not semen. <laughs> oh, I remember this well. Uh, um. <sighs> This is some su- was it some substance you were drinking, Laura? No, I'll give you one more shot. Okay, give me one little clue. I'll give you a clue. It was some substance. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was one of Jim's stories. Oh no, he got glue all over his hands. Yes. Yes. The go. episode where Jim got glue stuck all over himself. <laughs> I got super glue. I'm sticking my fingers. One one. Two one. It was uh one one. I think one all. Yeah, I'll I'll leave this game here for a bit because 
you're drawing. This is a nice place to okay. to have a have a break. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go grab another beer. So you two talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Right. Uh, while 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 Gad's gone, I want to bring back a topic, a thing we've not done for a while that I'm excited to do quickly. Okay. It's Laura's weird sex game corner. <gasps> What weird sex game might you have been playing, which is what you used to play, and we would talk about the sex game that you played. Yeah, so I played what I believe is the first sex game that got uploaded to Newgrounds. Oh! A 2002 game called Sim Girls. Um, it's, it's, hmm, how do I, how do I put this? It starts as just a visual novel where you have three people to, to potentially date. It's a bit weird. You try and buy their pants in an auction at some point it's all a bit weird and then a time traveler travels back in time to try and stop you from impregnating the girls well of course uh and she uses a gun to try and like make you infertile but it instead makes you better at everything Hmm. so instead she tries to shoot you with an actual just bullet gun but she fails and then you Locker in a basement, and then it becomes like a Tamagotchi for a while. It's I don't understand what I played. I mean, I mean, maybe go back in time and just just give the bloke a condom. Yeah, give him a condom. Go shoot him when he's like a child or something, so he yeah. doesn't get into this situation in the first place. All right, if you've if you've got the funds and resources to <laughs> build a gun. And go back in time. <laughs> Pay for a vasectomy. Yeah. So, yeah, no, the place where this game gets weird is the section where you have basically a human Tamagotchi in a basement. It's, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird game. I went down the road of, like, history of sex games and this is what I found. A human Tamagotchi in a basement. Yeah, I don't recommend it, but it, it exists. I experienced it. I'm glad you did. <laughs> 2002 just think we were having such innovation in video games way back when yeah so i i I needed to get at least a little bit drunk before i could bring that up because that's fair uh, that's fair i need to get a little bit drunk before i heard it speaking of which i've got more of me amaretto yuck i've got my own weird drink huzzah this has been in the fridge for years i think i've had a little bit of it before but it's very similar to, you know, your kind of thing, where it's a weird drink. I can't remember anything about it, but it's it's video game related. Um, it's a blue drink. Oh, It's a blue drink. Um, yeah, in a cloudy glass uh, <laughs> bottle, rather. Very small, like a miniature bottle of Malibu, like almost a novelty size. Yeah. Um, for a game called Prime World, which I think must be an MMO. <laughs> I think I've had this since Destructoid, so... Fuck, must be about half a decade old, this and you're, bottle. you're drinking it now? Yeah. Oh. How, how is it? Oh, that's a smell. I'm, I'm just about to... to up, up yours, down the hatch, Salu. Let's go. What did I miss? Oh! Oh! Jim drinking. Is that, not, is that not good, Jim? Oh, that's tart, that is. Oh, that's very tart. Jim's drinking a weird blue drink from some MMO from, like, half a decade ago. Oh. I talked about a weird sex game that I've played. Nice. Uh, oh. Oh. Should we should we talk a bit about some games that have happened since oh. this show started? Yeah. Oh, have you people seen... Have you guys seen Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik yet? Oh, my God. Jim Carrey is a weird-looking Dr. Robotnik, huh? He just looks like Santa Claus. What? 
there's there's a Sonic movie. There's a live action Sonic movie happening. Being made. And Jim Carrey is Doctor Eggman, and he he just looks like an old man with a beard. He doesn't look like an egg at all. Uh, he can't look worse than Bowser did in the Super Mario movies, does he? Uh, by by bad, I think you mean amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, games games that came out since we've been doing this podcast. Dark Souls Three. We talked about that a fucking bunch. We did talk about that a lot. That was one of the yeah one of the games that you could associate with this podcast. I don't know. I don't know if you all have heard of this, but there's this little company we we quite are fond of called From Software. Yeah, we don't mention them that much, but they're good. You should check out their games. I'm pretty sure Dark Souls Three was the first From Soft game that came out after this show started because I think Dark Souls Two, I think Dark Souls Two slightly predated. Was Bloodborne before Dark Souls three? Yeah, we talked to we talked the shit out of Bloodborne as well. Yeah, I think Bloodborne was the first game on this podcast that we really talked the shit out of. It's the first game I remember people getting sick of hearing about. Yeah, <laughs> it was the first one that all three of us were equally like really fucking into. Oh, okay. I can't keep drinking this Prime World's guff. Oh, <laughs> it's very alcoholic, but I fear maybe poisonous at this point. <laughs> Well, you took a sip. You did your duty. Oh, several sips. I'm going back to my Fantaramarito. Fantaritto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on top of that, we had we had the the FromSoft games, which came out. Uh, Until Dawn came out while we were doing this show. Oh yeah, we all liked that, didn't we? Funny thing, I was replaying a bit of that earlier this week. Oh yeah, how are you finding it on a replay? Oh yeah, still good, still good. It's it's weird to ad- readjust to the controls because I haven't played a game like that in some time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I played that fucking Beyond Two. Blah. Um, <laughs> but going back to this, it it was nice to be reminded again of what a good game is like in the style of a Quantic Dream game. Yeah. Um, Alex was watching me play it and was like, oh, is this one of those David Cage games? I'm like, no, this is good. <laughs> this one's good. Yeah, I've been meaning to replay it for a while because, like, I remember it so fondly. I laughed all over again at the snowball fight near the beginning. Oh my it god, it is that was... perfectly cheesy. It is mm. like early two thousands teen slasher movie cheesy. Love it. Yeah. Uh, her story came out, which I can't remember how how either of you felt about that. If you played it, I never got round to it. I always kind of meant to play it, but I never got round to it. It was a it was a good game. I I appreciated what it tried to do. Yeah. Always found it very interesting that presumably based on just the fact it's called her story. A lot of people wrote it off as SJW stuff. Like, oh, it's SJW trash, it's Tumblr. And I'm like, no, it's... no, it's a, it's it's about piecing a fucking crime together. It's yeah. actually really interesting. Yeah, it. I, I still think back on that game very fondly. My, my, my positive thoughts on that game haven't lessened at all in the years since it came out. Mm-hmm. I still think it's, like, fascinating the way it let you just freeform your way through that narrative. Yeah, so that was that was one. Uh, Neo Neo came out while we were doing this show. Oh yeah. Anyone got any thoughts on that? They want to share. Damn fine game. Mwah. Funny enough, liked it, but never went back to it. I never finished it. Ha. Huh. Yeah. Do you know why that is? I just got kind of bored, to be honest with you, at a certain point, and just didn't really feel like it was doing anything that it hadn't been doing for the previous 25 hours. I mean, getting 25 hours out of it and enjoying it is, you know, still a fuck sight better than a lot of games. Oh, it's yeah, that's still fantastic. Are yeah. you excited about Neo 2? Um, I wouldn't say excited, but I'm definitely looking forward to playing it. 
you know? Is it the kind of thing, do you think you would go back and finish the first Neo before Neo 2 comes out? No. Or are you probably just going to jump straight to the sequel? To be honest, I just got sick of fighting the same two or three enemy types over and over and over. Yeah, that's that's fair. And, and the inventory system started to just piss me off. But for all the comparisons that are made to like Dark Souls and stuff like that, Dark Souls is a lot better with its variety of enemy types. Yeah, I, I, and I got really sick of having to change out weapons every five minutes as well. It was really starting to grate on me. But, yeah. you know, st- it, it, it has a fucking fantastic combat system and I still recommend it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Shovel Knight came out while we were doing this show. I was really into that. I can't remember if either of you were particularly big on it. I can't play it because my PC doesn't seem to want to launch it, so... Oh, oh, yeah. that's a that's a real fucking that's shame. Yeah. When I first played it, I was like, "This is good. This is a good game with pieces in it that I never want to play again ever." <laughs> that sounds like Ori and the Blind <laughs> Forest to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a game. Um, yeah, it came out on Switch and replayed it. And I was like, "This is such a better fit," mm. and I I greatly enjoyed it on Switch. I enjoyed it on Switch more. I don't know, again, if it's just that some games just feel better in a handheld environment. Yeah. But playing it handheld on Switch, I enjoyed it far more than I did on PC. Shovel Knight is a game that feels like it should be a Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it should be a handheld game. By the way, plug, Wasteland 2 is out on the Switch now. And I I hear that the end credits song is done by a certain kind of pop star from Ireland. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe I'll actually see that end credit song this time because it's on Switch. <laughs> oh, it wasn't PC. I played the DS version of Shovel Knight, ah. and I think the controls there, as opposed to the the wider layout on the Switch, may have impacted my enjoyment. That was it. I, I did go back and play some of the uh, the DLC expansion stuff to it on Switch, and yeah, feels good. Yeah, I didn't like the Plague Knight one, which is a shame because I love the Plague Knight character. Yeah. I've got one that might have um, missed the list, but was definitely one I think we all enjoyed, which was Titanfall 2, a bit of a curveball one. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a brilliant game. That that had absolutely one of the best shooter campaigns ever. Oh, God, yeah. Like, yeah. it's a real shame that that game's multiplayer community wasn't better supported, mm. but that single-player campaign was fantastic. That single-player was beautiful. It's it's also a shame that EA bought the studio, so that's probably the last really, truly good one we'll get. When you can say it's the best Half-Life game since Half-Life, then it, it, that's a big compliment. Kind of, yeah. Uh, one that surprised me that, like, in my brain is much older than this show... Overwatch. Yes. Overwatch is younger than this show, and it yes. feels like a really old game to me. Oh yeah, it still feels pretty fresh now to me. I have to say, it's easy for me to forget what a genuinely good game it is because so much of my job, of course, de- uh, involves talking about monetization, and yeah. so whenever I see Overwatch now, my brain associates it instantly with the loot boxes and gambling, but. The game itself was beautiful. Mm. The moment-to-moment gameplay of that game is still some of the most tight, responsive online shooter stuff there is. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, just a shame its reward system is so manipulative. And, of course, kick-started a wave of, yeah. of gambling games. As I've said before, no, they didn't invent loot boxes. And I often find that people trying to call loot boxes the Wilson box are just trying to deflect blame or or any association away from blizzard because blizzard is darling but 
They are to loot boxes what Resident Evil was to survival horror. Didn't invent mm. it. Ooh. Absolutely popularised it. And that's probably another one worth mentioning that we all liked. Resident Evil 7. Someone got very angry that I called it Resi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. No, that was such a good turn for that series. Yeah, I need to go back and replay that game. Oh, yeah. Played through it more than once, happily. Yeah. I, I hadn't enjoyed five or six that much. Yeah. Like they they just kind of were slowly moving away from what I enjoyed and They were they were alright, I mean. Yeah, they were alright. They just they just weren't what I was hoping for from Resident Evil. I thought six was dreck. Yeah, on second thought, yeah, six was a load of fucking bollocks. Six was utter pish. Six had one vaguely okay campaign and then if uh, multiple shit ones. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, like, Seven is fantastic. Like, it came so out of nowhere. Yep. Yep. I still love the fact that they teased that as, like, oh, here's the kitchen VR demo for PlayStation VR. And no one fucking saw that coming, that this, like, first-person spooky dilapidated house thing was, that's Resident Evil. There is so much to be said for a game that is set in one location, but that location is extremely detailed and full of little hidden... Yep ways to go and and oh and actually on that note uh what remains of edith finch oh yeah what remains of edith finch is the cast iron proof that just because you're a quote-unquote walking simulator doesn't mean you can't give the player things to do and you can't make the player feel actively involved in what's going on yeah it's it's the antithesis to uh everyone's gone to the rapture which yeah. was the most like slow plodding hands-off version of that or dear esther yeah dear esther was the one for me where it was like okay someone's written a nice little story and we're just a camera person for nothing that is worth being seen on camera um Sim- like to me, there's no real difference between Homefront: The Revolution and <laughs> Dear Esther because both of them treat the player like a disassociated camera person, but one's got shooting and enemies in the hoodies. <laughs> Edith Finch would have still been one of the better ones, even if it didn't had have those transcendal transcendent. <laughs> I- I'm drunk. Edith <laughs> Finch would have been one of the better ones, even if it didn't have have those extra parts like the. The, the factory scene and all that but those really elevated it to another level yeah yeah just made it stand out um but yeah even without those more interactive elements the fact that um you are like like the, the first story where you turn into these successive animals um i feel we're far enough away where i can give a little detail yeah um it's just so much more involving than just wandering and listening you're part of the story, which, you know, if you're making an interactive story, surely the point would be to interact with it. Yeah. The scene the scene where you have to chop fish in the factory with one hand while guiding your character around a fantasy world with the other hand. Yes. I've never seen such a better representation of the mind-breaking agony of being someone who really wants to create shit and is stuck in a, a, a really shitty job. Yeah. It was beautifully done. I mean, just, just menial jobs... As a whole, it was a great representation. What do you think would happen if I put my my very alcoholic, possibly poisonous blue drink into my Fanzaretto? I think you should do it, Jim. It, it probably couldn't make your headache any worse at this point, could it? Yeah. If, if you do that, I will finish the end of this Prosecco. I've already done it. Before you finish the sentence, all the blue was in the orange. Oh, all the blue is in the orange. It is like a movie poster now. Ah, <sighs> oh, there we go. I've had my Prosecco. Oh. 
Ah, I'm going to call this the portal because it's blue and orange. Uh, other games. We could not possibly do this list without mentioning Geralt. Yeah, The Witcher was on the list. The, the Witcher 3, that's a fucking well-made open world video game, huh? That's the game for me of this gen still. I mean, it's just nothing has... Horizon came kind of close, but not really. It was like... Witcher just fucking, to me, blows everything outside of the water this gen. I... I'll I'll get there in a minute. There is a my game is a very different one that's like the game of this show for me, but yeah. yeah, I can't deny that I had some problems with The Witcher 3. Its opening was a bit slow. It it wasn't great at grabbing me on the offset. But once it got going, it was an incredibly impressive open world experience. Uh, I I I'm, I can't even the effect that game has had not on not just as a Someone who plays and likes games, but on my life and my career, it's just. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean, whenever you talk about it, you can, uh, you know, one can tell in just in your voice, it is a very influential game to you. Lady of Worlds and Wait the White Wolf are still in the top five viewed of my songs every single month. <laughs> you know. I think at least a part of that is. You clearly care so much about that series that, like, it really shows in the stuff you were creating about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, your job especially involves being inspired by the games you play, and if that's any indication, then you have never been more inspired yeah. than by Witcher 3 in terms of, you know, the, the games that influence your songs. Thank you, CD Projekt, for such fucking amazing characters. I know you didn't create them, so to speak, but what you did with them was just beautiful and, and it was so inspiring yeah. especially blood and wine oh blood and wine was so good that was like a whole new witcher game it was fantastic yeah and a much more jovial jolly happy one yeah and sometimes you just need that from games something a little light-hearted that doesn't take itself so seriously yeah not everything needs a grim dark ending you know yeah uh, for me, like, the game that has defined my time on this show, I think... I think I know what it is. Is Jim recommending to me Undertale? Oh, yeah. I forgot that I read, because that game is just so... Yeah. ...well known now. I thought you were going to say Zelda. No, I w it, it's on the list of things that we talked about, but, like, Undertale is arguably one of my favourite games of all time, and it had just completely flown me by until Jim brought it up on this show. Mm. If it's your fa if it's like your fave in the last four years, it has to be one of your fave of all time. Exactly, it's it's one of my f most memorable gaming moments of the last few years has been the three hundred and eighty something attempts I made to beat that game's hardest boss fight. I watched you play some of that on Twitch. The sheer, the sheer feeling of like overcoming that particular challenge when I got past it. That game is beautiful. Like, I've, I've got the collector's edition for Switch, the physical boxed copy coming in the next few days. and I got that too. I got that when the PS4 version came out. It's, I love this it's got a little music box thing on it. Yeah, the little locket, the locket with the music box. I, I have that on its way with the Switch version. That game is one of my favourite games of all time. I love everything about how it's designed and, oh. I, I've been replaying it. I started replaying it yesterday because it's it's come out on Switch now. Um, started replaying it again yesterday. The hours flew by. Mm. A little bit trickier to play on the Switch because of just the way the sticks are. So I've been a little bit frustrated at some points, but yeah. I've got as far as 
Let's see, Undyne's chased me off. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I've got past the, the first sort of encounter with Undyne, and then I, t- I backtracked to Temi Village and left it there. I, I unfortunately have a slight delay in, in replaying it on Switch, because the the physical edition got delayed by a few days because the Switch cases didn't turn up in time. Right. So it's probably not going to be till next week I get back on it, but... I am really ready to replay that game. Oh yeah, it is just as delightful. I wish I enjoyed that game. I mean, it's so it's so loved that it made me try it three times. I wanted to understand like why what is it about this that and it was just Yeah. Wasn't it that you just struggled with the mechanics a bit and There was that there was three thing three main things. It was like the bullet time drove me crazy. I couldn't I'm just not good at it. The the color scheme I found really depressive to look at. I actually found myself getting kind of down when I was playing it because the colors were so just colors that for whatever reason, my mind just feels like they're depressing colors, like the dark purples and blues and, and the black, the black void around everything, which I know is part of the atmosphere deliberately, but then just the humour didn't really just it just for some fucking reason didn't land with me the way it did with literally everyone else. I can see that. It's it's got a very dorky sense of humor. It's somewhat similar to something like Donut County in that way, in that it's a yeah. it's somewhat contemporary. Um as part of a very specific generation, um, which I'm not actually part of. I've just got the mind of a child. And um yeah, very, very silly, almost bordering on stupid sense of humour. But in, in not in a bad way necessarily. I've no issue with childlike humor. I think it can be wonderful sometimes. I don't know. It's isn't it funny though? I'm sure you two have games like that where everyone loved it, and for whatever reason, you just found it hard. You couldn't oh, couldn't yeah. manage. To, I mean, Mass Effect. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've never been able to get to to just understand what it is about Mass Effect that people enjoyed. I understand they enjoyed it. That's the thing. I everyone has those games. I love Mass Effect, but like I get why it's difficult to get into. Laura, what's your one that you uh, seem to somehow miss the zeitgeist on? Yeah, I'm struggling to think of one right now. I'm trying to think if I've ever talked about one that I just completely missed the zeitgeist on. Yeah, I can't really think. I'm trying to remember a game that I fucking love that you didn't. <laughs> it's just like you're. You're kind of like me. You you tend to love a lot more games than you hate. Yeah. You, you know what? I might even say The Witcher 3 is one that, like, I don't love as universally as other people. I have a lot more caveats to my praise of. My eye yeah. is twitching right now. <laughs> it's, it's one that, like, The Witcher 3 is one that I will praise as a really good open world game. Dot, dot, dot. With a list of things that I really struggled to overcome. I mean, I can understand that. I was on one of the lower end of the scoring uh, rate, like scale. On what that. did you give it? Not that I gave it a low score. I gave it an eight. Um, <gasps> so still, still pretty damn high, but obviously not high enough for some people who were upset by that. I can't believe you rate you, you, you gave it that hating rating. Hate out of ten, yeah. A hate out of ten. If I remember right, The Witcher Three. Uh, I had troubles getting it to load for a while, and then when I eventually got it to load right, the first couple of times I tried to play it, I just didn't stick with it. Yeah. It took me, like, multiple attempts to get into it. It's like me with Okami. Like, I tried to replay it again recently for the Switch, and I, I just can't keep up with it. I just, I, I get uh, bored and wander off. I just finished replaying that on the Switch, and I was so happy with it. Yeah, I've replayed Okami, like, three times. I think I'm making peace with the fact that I'm just, I'm not gonna... 
be gripped enough to keep playing. Yeah. Which is funny because I think I, this is what I think is funny because I think the reasons you don't get on with Okami are almost exactly the same ones I don't get on with Undertale. Maybe. The, just the way the dialogue works and the kind of the quirky humor and I mean, similarly like mechanically as well it's it's not that it's bad mechanically it's just not not the kind of combat style or even movement style that i enjoy really well that's that's the thing we all have those games but yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think that's the big ones that like were away in the past like we had breath of the wild but that was pretty recent and horizon which was also pretty recent horizon yeah, we both we all agree that those were pre- pretty great, except for the climbing in the rain for Jim and the the weather the weapon thing. I hated those as well. As I've always said, Breath of the Wild is a good game. It is a good enough game. We all had a pretty good time with Metal Gear Solid Five, as I recall. Just... Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. It was like the opposite strengths and weaknesses of all the other ones in that the story wasn't all that good this time but mechanically it was on it was on point it was like the most polished fucking video game i've played oh i can't believe we forgot near automata oh god yeah near oh yeah which is funny because when you were about to say neo earlier i thought you were gonna say near automata and then completely forgot it yeah so did i yeah (laughs) It's on the list. I'm just a bit drunk. I forgot to go back and reread it. Such a good soundtrack on that one that the moment people say it, I instantly have the the carnival section level. It's never been so easy for me to recreate the uh, feel of a game in a song as it was with that game because the soundtrack is so distinctive. It's got such a strong sound, yeah. By the way, audience, go listen to my Near Automata song. Sorry, I'm full of plugs today. Now plug away. Do the plugs. Yeah, that, that one is really fucking good. <laughs> In terms of stuff that like I loved, I think, more than either of you did, um, Life is Strange. I still fucking love that first Life is Strange for all its problems. It's... I talk about it the same way I talk about the first No More Heroes, in that it's one of my favourite games that I know is terrible. <laughs> like, there are things about Life is Strange that I thought were fascinating and really inventive and creative, but it's also a terrible game. But that's okay to love that. I mean... Yeah. I mean, look, we... As as human beings, the the main thing we love in life is other human beings. And is there anything more fucked up and imperfect than other human beings? Yeah. So, you know, we are we are conditioned to love things that are not perfect. I mean, holy shit, my favorite game's Fallout 3, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I could not argue with anyone who points <laughs> out that that game is not a good like shooter in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like like me and Dynasty Warriors, yeah. you know, classically reviewed low by a lot of critics, and I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's just I love them, most of them, not the ones that do what they did to genre. <laughs> uh, the other one that I was a big proponent of that neither of you were big on was uh, Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. I'm still playing that daily, like, two fucking years on. I mean, yeah, you still regularly bring up, like, stuff about it when there's uh, updates or you've done something in it that's notable. I wonder, is that an age thing? I wonder if I had been a little teeny tot in the 90s. Would I have been a Pokemon head? Well, that's that's the thing. Is like as as a little kid with autism growing up in the nineties, obsessing over memorizing Pokemon stats was my thing. In the nineties, getting drunk and having sex was my thing, and playing in bands. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but just like giving me a game where like 
it it dropped at the right time for me where I needed an excuse to get outside the house. Yeah. In the 90s, getting drunk and Pokemon and not having sex was was my my great pastimes. I have to say, Laura, I fucking love that Pokemon Go got so many people out exercising and walking around. Yeah. I think that's... For a video game to do that is amazing. Yeah, that's why I stopped playing. <laughs> I think I've talked about this before, but that game dropped, like, a month or two after I had, like, that big surgery section where I had to be off the podcast for a while, and yeah. I was in a lot of pain, a lot of exhaustion, and I needed something to motivate me to get out of the house. And Pokemon Go really did that. Pokemon Go felt like more than a game. It felt like a... It felt like a Olympics World Cup uh, Avengers movie style cultural event rather than just a video game, you know? Yeah. Did you know that that game now has more concurrent active players than it did at it, like the the cultural peak where everyone was talking about it? Oh, that's wild. Wow. Is it better now? Oh uh, yeah, there's a bunch more stuff to actually do in it now. You can you can trade, which was great for me because I got to travel the world a bit for work and get some Pokemon that people in the UK don't normally get. Yeah. So as soon as trading happened, I was like, aha, I am the kingpin with all of the, the rewards. Uh there's battles and shit to do. The I've I've been doing a big quest this week where I've been trying to catch a legendary Pokemon, doing a bunch of challenge stuff that's been really like Making me go out of my way and do things I wouldn't normally do. Mm. I'm enjoying that game still. Cool. Yeah, I think that's like the bulk of the big games. It's, it's not. There's one big, big, big one we forgot. Oh, I've just spotted. <laughs> Is it Fallout 4? No, it's not. Because uh, cause mainly that was more of a, a me thing. <laughs> Is it an Ubisoft game? Because No, it's not. Uh, you don't really talk about them so much these days, but it used to be Ubisoft was a big topic. Nope. We didn't talk about Warframe. Oh, yeah. Oh, also, that's coming to Switch in November. I'm very excited about that. I know. I stopped playing it elsewhere. Oh, your lives are going to end. <laughs> yeah. I've stopped playing elsewhere because I'm going to start from scratch on the Switch and, and live it up. So so am I. That is that is my vague plan right now. Did either of you try Divinity 2 yet on the Switch? Oh no, it's not out on the fucking Switch, is it? It's not on the Switch, no. It came out on PS4. Bring it to fucking Switch and we'll play it. Oh god, if Larian brings it out, guarantee you I will buy it, like, immediately. So Larian, there's, if you're listening, you're probably not, but someone tell Larian that I will get it immediately on the Switch. I hope they are, because I have to thank them. They sent me an absolutely beautiful gift today of a, a vinyl of the soundtrack, and it is Ooh. stunningly gorgeous. I put a picture of it on Twitter, and... It's it's like, oh, it's beautiful. Thank you. And I love vinyl, so. Oh, man. My vinyl hipster. I abandoned my vinyl collection when I moved country because I just, I could not store it anywhere. Uh, I miss that. I miss having vinyl. I miss having LPs. It's a really, it can, it's considered kind of a hipstery thing, but I love the way it sounds. Whether it's better is debatable, but for people who grow up with it, there's a beautiful, warm, uh, nostalgic feel to vinyl. Yeah, yeah, I don't care if it's better or not, it's just nice. Yeah, exactly. The The thing I really like about vinyl is it gets me to stop and listen to a piece of music as it was intended start to finish as an album. And it's so easy to just shuffle, shuffle, shuffle through music. It's nice to be like, I'm putting this album on, and I'm going to listen to it start to finish as a piece of work. Also, have have you two heard of the loudness war? No. No. 
It's basically this phenomenon that's happened in the last 20 years or so in music, beginning with Oasis, What's the Story, Morning Glory, where mastering engineers try and make every single fucking piece of a song as loud as humanly possible so that the song will get noticed when it comes on the radio. And when you do this, when the whole song is fucking loud, nothing's loud because there's no no comparable loud bits, if you get me. Well, yeah. Like if... Yeah. If if the space between every drum hit is equally as loud, the drums aren't going to kick your ears as much, you know. And this has been a, a trend in the last 20 years. And you cannot do that on vinyl. Because if you try and do that on a vinyl, it'll cut right through the record. Sure. So when people say vinyl sounds better, in a lot of cases in albums of the last 20 years, that's actually true. At the very least, the mix will be better, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Huh. Music podcast, episode 200. <laughs> I know Monty Python were going to do a sketch once where it would get quieter and quieter so people would turn the volume up on their TV and then they'd make a really loud noise oh. and the BBC said they couldn't do it. <laughs> oh. uh, so that's, I think that's it for the big game stuff that happened during during the years. Yeah. Uh, Anyone want to talk about any, like, favourite memories of this show? Um, well, mine was... I, I remember one episode with um, all the porn titles. I can't really remember how it went, but I remember uh, it got a lot of laughs. I remember that very fondly as well. Yeah. I remember Batman... Was it? Did we call it Arkham Shitty? Oh, yes. The Batman villains. Oh, God. We have we have an episode that's just called Fuck the Batmobile. Yeah. But one I think our first truly classic episode was when we did the uh Batman villains rude names. Oh yeah. There's like the Piddler was an obvious one and the poker I think and we got worse and worse with it. I think someone made like made an animation of it maybe at one point. That 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 was one that I commissioned someone to do an animated of. I think it's uh Podquisition animated episode 2. Yes. Yes. We should do. We should get more of those. Those those were really fun. I need to get that to be a thing again. It was just a case of budget mm. of budgeting an animator to do those because that costs money. But yeah, it does. Uh, honestly, like when I've got some money coming in for my book stuff next year, I might put some money into making some podquisition animators again. I'll chip in for that as well. I mean, I can still commission this shit. Yeah, we can all chip in for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe this. Maybe there's a thing we should talk about at some point, but I'd like to make those happen again. What was that? What was that turtle's pizza bit? Oh god, so I have it on here somewhere. What? Uh Raphael's cheesy Christmas oh meat from god. episode five. <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles branded pizza and then we started talking about how about putting turtle meat in my mouth. I think we came up with the was that when we came up with the podquisition power? points pizza or whatever it was maybe i i I mainly just remember it had something to do with raphael raphael's meat shoving it down your mouth yeah (laughs) yeah uh i had a look back over some of the early episodes the first episode we did was called morality ubisoft and arse urine oh yes links amiibo yeah it used to be where I would uh, title it just with a rough overview of what we talked about, and then eventually I fell into what I used to do on other podcasts where I'd just pick a quote um, and get people guessing what it might be about. Yeah. You two really picked on you. I remember I remember at the beginning of this, there was a really <laughs> anti-Ubisoft thing. On, on. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Ubisoft, I, I want to say they've kept their head down, but it, it might be that other companies have just gotten worse. Uh, so much worse, and this seems to happen. Some companies cycle in and out of my radar. 
Um, Ubisoft was on my radar a lot back then because, I mean, you know, there's a reason I've got a segment that comes up on the Jimquisition now and then called Oh Ubisoft. Um, you know, they're the only other company outside of Konami to have their own dedicated section. They were that bad. Um, so yeah, yeah, I did pick on them a lot, but they've they've really they've they've really pivoted in the last few years though into actually like making decently made games oh yeah i mean it's the same game every single time but they no man assassin's creed origins i don't give a fuck that was the best one in years oh i don't doubt yeah it is i will back you up on that they they took a year off and actually made a better game for it well i think that was the best one since um since brotherhood definitely arguably the best one since two uh, one, one of my favourite memories of this show was uh, there was an episode, I think it was episode 10, called Falling in a River on Drugs. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll let Jim guess that one because I obviously know that one. <laughs> do you remember this, Jim? Um, the moment you said it, all I, all I knew was that it had something to do with Gavin. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty... Uh... It's a pretty on-the-nose description of an event. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember whether Gav fell in the river or a friend of Gav's <laughs> fell in the river on drugs. Oh, it was me as a teenager on a on a school trip to the Gaeltacht, which is the Irish-speaking area of Ireland. Ah. Like, that's the first language there is Irish Gaelic and, um, or Gaelga. And I was on drugs and... What were you on? I don't remember what you were on. Oh, very soft drugs. I mean, we're talking probably probably just smoking weed. Yeah. And, uh... Ketamine. Let's let's spice up the story and say ketamine. We'll get on the cover <laughs> of Rolling Stone. Yeah, let's say I was on ketamine and heroin and, and, and a car came along and I stepped backwards, didn't realise the bridge had no wall, fell off the bridge into the river... Ruined my fucking Walkman, which I specifically remember had a garbage tape in it. And I think it was the, it was either the first... It would have been the first garbage album, because I don't think the second one was out at that point. And, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you put a garbage tape in there, you already ruined your Walkman. Ooh. Controversial. I, I say that, I... I... I don't listen to garbage at all. I have no opinion on their music. I just wanted to upset some listeners. Garbage are awesome, man. Garbage are garbage. Shirley Manson, <laughs> look up. There's a video you need to look up on YouTube of Shirley Manson getting pissed off with a guy in the crowd, right? And her last words to him are, you better watch yourself. I'm on my fucking period. I could eat meat. <laughs> She is such a fucking rock star, like. <laughs> no, I only I only listen to the fast food rockers, so I I couldn't <laughs> couldn't speak to it. The reason I remember this episode so vividly is for some reason while we were recording this episode, I was playing Euro Truck Simulator. Wow! Oh. So we were telling all these stories while I was driving a truck around Europe. Did you drive the truck off a bridge? <laughs> In my honour. <laughs> I, I, I think I got stuck against a wall at some point. But yeah, no, that, it was a weird episode where I was playing Euro Truck Sim and commenting on it while we did the episode. That was a weird one. I was a very different person when I was a teenager. I was big yeah. into all that stuff. and Nowadays, I'm very, very much a wholesome drugs are bad kid. Says he with his <laughs> second beer of the night and soon to have many more. Because alcohol oh, is a socially beer. acceptable drug. Yeah, it's 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 all inebriance of some variety. It's just which ones we decide are acceptable. Uh, episode fifty two was uh, was titled "Round the Twist," and uh, it was that one where Gavin sung 
round the oh, twist. Yeah. Anytime oh. when Gavin does a sing is always a good time. Yeah, they're always good. Um, oh, I've a, I've a good episode thing for you all. Uh, let me let me find this. Episode one hundred and fifty one was called Gavin said something brilliant. Oh yeah. yeah. Could you remember what the thing was? So here's uh, here's the thing for anyone who doesn't know. Episode one hundred and fifty one is called Gavin said something brilliant, and the episode description is Jim going. Gav said something brilliant that was gonna be the episode title, and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> um, so I scrubbed through that episode today. I couldn't find what it was. So if someone wants to go into episode 151, listen to it start to finish, and tweet at me and tell me what Gavin said that was brilliant. So that's the great tragedy, because I remember it being brilliant, and I cannot remember what it was. <laughs> I can't remember it either. Maybe it was in the comments, did someone point it out? Or... Uh, I tried looking in the comments, but I didn't see any reference to it. To so you said something brilliant, and we don't know what it is. It was some fantastic... I think it was a joke or something, or, or like a play on words, and it was just perfect. At least it was one of the first times I said something brilliant and it got acknowledged. Yes, I mean, you're always saying something brilliant, it's just this time we noticed. <laughs> and forgot straight away, but you know, you know, progress. Uh, I I miss some of the episodes with the old uh, pub stories, because like, yeah. when, I, when I first started recording this show, I was my recording situation was shit. Like, there were some nights where I had to be like three floors down from my flat, like, next to the place where you put all the posts for the different flats, muting my mic any time anyone entered the building. It was a ropey old time recording that show in the old days. Well, I do remember one of the pub stories involving that bloke in the bath yep. and talking about shit floating around in his bath. Yep. Uh, uh, oh, I like, I like having a shower, not having a bath, because if you have a bath, all the shit floats in the water. About the man who... We assumed had a shit in the bath. He can only, yeah, he must shit and shower at the same time and finds that, you know, it's not conducive having a bath. I, I can't imagine it would be. Um, masturbating in the bath to Henry VIII portraits. Oh, my God. <laughs> Back when you could masturbate to good tits from his day. Just, yeah, good tits. Quick, good tits from Henry VIII in, in, in honour of that uh, previous conversation, by the way, have you ever... Ever felt like this? Have strange things happened? Are you going round the twist? There you go. Always good. Yeah. Always good. Love it. Bizarre. If you if you just want to do that every five minutes for the rest of the show, that'd be great. <laughs> um, are you guys up for doing some questions before we wrap up two hundred? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But but first, Rachel has a question. What's Rachel's yeah. question? My fiance Rachel wants to know: Do you all piss in the shower? Uh, yes. Yes, mine is a yes as well. No for me. Oh really? No, you've you've never pissed in the shower. Yeah, I mean probably when I was a lot younger. Even even when you're in there with another person. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do it on the dinner table. <laughs> um, no, naturally, I've I've. No. Here's always been my thinking of pissing in the shower, is it's a case of, it's all going down the drain anyway, and you're going to wash it, it's all going to get washed away anyway. Oh no, I don't, I don't judge anyone. Like, if you fell into, if you fell into a puddle of shit and piss, where's the first place you're going to go? Yeah. I mean, I just... The shower. I just have a quick one while the shower water's, like, warming up. There's something to do before, and then I don't need to go. Um... 
no, I just no interest in doing it myself. No, but like if you if you get into the shower and suddenly realize you have to piss, you just let it go or do you get out and like piss in the toilet? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's I'm trying to remember if that's come up. <laughs> As I say, normally I'm 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 expelled before I do any bathing. <laughs> I have no opposition to a shower piss. No. Um Okay, so while you're doing a question from your fiance, here's a question from my fiance, okay. Jane Eris Magnet. <laughs> Hi, Jane. If you could set a Fallout game anywhere in the UK, where would you set it? Birmingham, because that's already fucking Fallout. <laughs> oh. Uh. Well, here's the thing. I don't care where on on Britain it's set, but one thing I would want would be to have it where everything sort of fifties culture in the US. Mm. I want to bump that up a decade. Set it in London, set it in Manchester, whatever sort of big city you want. But I want a 60s like overlay culturally. So like 60s music and stuff like that. A really popular boy band called the Nukles. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'd just say it doesn't matter where in the UK you set it because the UK is fucking tiny. You could get across it and just the whole UK is your fallout. There's a lot of people in in that tiny space though well not after the not after the bomb goes off there's not <laughs> i think you could have like fallout new glasgow would be amazing you could have like <laughs> nuka Buckfast as the drink uh i i have a story about glasgow very quickly uh i've been trying to learn british sign language and i learned recently that the the british sign language sign for glasgow is the letter g and then you punch your hand it's just g <laughs> and a punch that's and that's beautiful. Um, so yeah, questions. We got a question from Elderly Goose. How long ago does episode one feel now? Fucking hell. For me, not that long ago, honestly. I'm I'm actually a little bit terrified how fast time seems to be flying past me. Here's, here's the thing. It feels a long time ago to me when I think about where my life was. Yeah. To, to be like... This show's been going for less than four years. It'll be four years in a couple of months. And I was, this time four years ago, I was still working in a supermarket. Video games writing was not making me any money. I hadn't, the prospect of writing full time about games hadn't even occurred to me. I'd barely come out as trans. Oh my God. Yeah. You had your full, like, um, your transitioning period, like, yeah. with us there to, like, witness it all in your accounts and stuff. Yeah. Like, so much has changed in my life in the last four years mm. in that now I've, like, I've finally moved away from home from the town I grew up in. I am engaged. I've transitioned. I am working on two books. I, like, I've got all this shit. Go- like, I've been four years now writing about this stuff full time. It's weird to think that that was only four years. I, ha- I have to say, Laura, it's been... Quite a pleasure, and I'm sure Jim will agree, seeing you come out of your shell so much. Oh, yeah. No, Absolutely. Not that you were, like, in a shell, but just to see your confidence raise so much, you know? Being where you should be in life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that that's the thing. It feels forever ago because so much has changed in my life since we've done this show. Yeah. You see, I think that's where it is for me, where doing this, it's, it feels like it's been a while, but... Because this podcast is timed to what is my current state of being. Yeah. You know, I just left um, established games media and went off as independent and set up the Patreon and then did this as part of the Jimquisition brand. 
And that's basically been me for the past four years yeah. now. So not a lot has happened. Same. You know, there have been some exciting things like the wrestling and stuff like that. Yeah. But this has been such a constant for me now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird when I think, like, in the time since this show started, I went on Patreon, made that my full-time career, got a an editor position at Destructoid, started Let's Play Video Games, left Let's Play Video Games to write at Kotaku, wrote my first book which is written and has a publishing date, about to have my second book go up. That's like... I feel like I've done a lot of different things over these years. I'm going to guess that for you, the podcast feels like the longest then, because there is a phenomenon where if you... And this is the reason I think as well your childhood and teenage years feel longer is because you're doing things for the first time and doing new things and doing different things. Yeah. Have you ever noticed if you've three days off, mm. if you sit at home, the three days is gone in a, a blink. But if you go and yeah. do a different thing on each of those three days, it feels like you had a nice long break. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Life is like that. Yeah. Like, my my last year has, like, completely changed in that now I, like regularly go out dancing i'm a big old hippie and i've, I've written some like i've done a lot this last year a lot's changed i love hippies i've, I've, I've become a proper old hippie this year <laughs> it's there's been a weird year a lot's changed yeah next question we got a question from reverse necromancer what's the weirdest moment on the podcast so far for each of you reverse necromancer your name a reverse necromancer is just a murderer <laughs> yeah i want to know what your name your name means or do you just like kill people or... i'm assuming they're a, i'm assuming they're a murderer is this our weirdest moment do you kill zombies or i i don't know but the yeah weirdest moment on the podcast um uh, after a bit i mean the podcast is kind of weird in general by most people's standards yeah. so i don't know i i can't think of any moment that really stands out yeah i mean i would say maybe having lorne lanning on as a guest just because that was quite sensible and normal and 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 that <laughs> I, I think I think one that jumps out to me as a weird moment is you that we had uh, Justin McElroy as a guest on this podcast while I was away, and oh, that's one yeah. that's always weird to me. Is I'm like, oh yeah, that person I listened to a lot was on this show <laughs> when I wasn't around. That was a weird one for me. We have to get him back when you're there. Yeah, we gotta get him back sometime. I want to get. I've 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 post, I've podcasted with Justin before, but I want to I want to get him back at some point. Yeah. I've actually we haven't done a guest, and I've a couple of people that I want to suggest as guests. I'm not gonna do it right now because then the if there's someone yeah. the audience love, they go yeah, but then you two might not like that person. So <laughs> yeah. Not only that, like I've learned from experience, if I say something might happen, people will give it a little while and then say, you said this will happen. Yeah. 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 So here's the thing. Why didn't you keep your promise? We we actually planned for episode 200. What we need to do is actually, again, follow plan. through and plan for guests <laughs> yeah. on this show. You know, I, can I tell you who I would love to get on here one week that we all like is Rihanna Pratchett. We need to start a campaign oh. right now to get Rihanna. We all... I think are pretty yeah, reasonably familiar with Rihanna. Yeah, I don't think I'd need to start a campaign. I could probably just ask her and she'll say yes or no. <laughs> I would love to have Rihanna on. I've got the ability to contact her, so we could always ask. But yeah, there's there's a few people I'd like to get on this show at some point. So yeah, uh, question from Sneak Lily. When you started Podquisition, where did you think be you'd be by episode 200? Did you still think you'd be doing this podcast? I always assumed that 
if anything lasts longer from a year from now, whenever that now is, I always just default to face down in a ditch somewhere. So anything above yeah. that is always a bonus. I am going to have, I never, whenever I'm asked the, this question, where did you think you would be? Life kind of conditioned me when I was younger to always expect the next fucking disaster. Yeah, same. So I kind of never really, like, I'm still in my mind after eight years going, oh my God, how do I make Miracle of Sound a sustainable career, you know? <laughs> I still do the same. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think I've told this story before. When this show started, episode one, I thought I was being invited to be a guest on one episode. I didn't think I was being invited to be on all the episodes. So episode one, I did not think I would be on episode 200. I thought that would have been four years ago. Did you find this out during the podcast, Laura, or after? Uh, I think, like, after we recorded it, maybe, <laughs> okay. I sent Jim a message and went... I think then I mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, I went to go like, hey, so just checking. <laughs> Don't want to assume, but... Yeah, and then I was like, God, I, I, I really should have made that clear, shouldn't I? Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> I never expect to be anywhere in a certain amount of time because I know how unpredictable life is. Yeah, I mean, I expect everything to be transitory. Like, it is weird that the Jimquisition has lasted as long as it has because I always think life is always a temporary state of being for me. I very much actively hope and plan for things, but I am very aware that life sometimes throws curveballs at you. Yeah, I'm, I'm similarly in a situation of I'm constantly terrified that everything's going to fall apart and I assume I'll be doing something totally different when the future comes, so... Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, it was my, my old band failing after getting signed and getting a record deal and then falling a fucking apart that was the reason Miracle of Sound happened. And I actually think I'm happier in this job than I would have been as a... A touring rock star, so there you go. Well, sometimes blessings are indeed in disguise. Yeah. None of my games writing career would have happened unless I had abruptly left a job that was my my piece of stability. Yeah. Like at the time I was terrified, but it turned out to be such a good thing. Yeah, I mean it was the same with me and you know, working under Defy Media. You know, if they hadn't have diddled around, then I wouldn't have felt like finally it's time to start trying to do stuff on my own without any corporate oversight you know i'm glad that worked out for both of us going independent yeah and i am really happy the escapist is coming back and i think russ is going to do a great job with it um however i'm i'm quite happy on my own doing my own thing right now and i think from what i gather you're kind of in the same place oh yeah i mean i i was having a very loose discussion about maybe contributing again but then you know, I found out Enthusiast Gaming or whatever they're called had bought it out and yeah. that would just feel like going back, you know, going backwards. Yeah. But I genuinely wish, I genuinely hope it does well, I think. Oh, yeah, good luck to him, yeah. Yeah. I, I still don't know what I want to do in my future. I'm going to see how the next year turns out with these these book projects and we'll see how I feel after those are done. But what? How old are you now, Laura? Uh, I just turned 27. How many 27-year-olds can say they're... On their second book yeah. yeah Like I I have to stop And remind myself Sometimes it's like Yeah I've been A full time Video game critic Writer person For four years I have Written a memoir That has a publisher And a release date I've got a second book About to happen I need to be less hard on myself sometimes Jeez I'm nearly 40 And I don't think I have enough Interesting shit To write a memoir <laughs> You know <laughs> Uh, I think we've got a couple of other questions. I'm just going to skip down this list quickly. 
Um, we've got a question from Shay C. Uh, congrats on your 200th episode. Being in creative careers, have any of you ever hit a wall? Not, not necessarily burnout, but not knowing how to keep progressing with your careers. Many, 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 many times. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that is constantly my career is, I don't know how to continue with what I'm doing right now. Let's start a new thing just in case. I, I think the people who are consistent in creative jobs are the people are not the people who don't get that. They're the people who learn how to deal with it and when to know that you just can't deal with it at a particular moment and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough for me. Like I go through periods of, you know, pretty severe depression and that, and that doesn't help um, to the point where like the fact I've been able to put up shows barring severe medical issues mm. and even then still finding a way to get something up on Monday. I, I don't know how I've done it. I think it's just sheer stubbornness that I, I don't miss a Monday. Even just this show, I'm amazed that this show hasn't missed a week or that I've not had to duck out of a week outside of like yeah. severe issues or conflicts with travel. Because I... Yeah, I have really rough weeks. Has there ever been a week where we didn't do one? Uh, there was one week where we put up the best of podquisition yeah. okay. that I've been prepping because for whatever reason we couldn't do an episode uh, there, that there week. There have been some delays. I know once or twice I've been super sick. Yeah, there's been a couple of times where we've gone up late, but we've never missed a week entirely and not had anything go up during a week. I think all of us have had moments... Thankfully it's all happened at different times, but I think we've all had moments where we're like, fuck the internet. <laughs> Need a break. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, we've we've had rough weeks. We've had we've had times where this show's been difficult to do. Like Oh yeah. We've had periods with this show where we've been like, this particular thing isn't working and we've had to hash that out and And there's been like there's been weeks where we've all had a shitty week. Yeah. Especially on the internet and, and we we still showed up and did our fucking show. <laughs> I'm amazed that this show has has been as consistent as it has with a group of people who are prone to having shit weeks sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we've 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 powered through. We've made a thing. Um, like th that first episode of Podquisition. I had a look today. It's just about to cross a hundred thousand downloads. Nice. I'm like. We've made a thing. We've got like a little community. On which platform? Uh, I looked on SoundCloud. Okay. So SoundCloud is at like ninety-eight point something thousand. Yeah. We've we've got a proper little community here, and I'm, I really oh, yeah. love this show that we've somehow kept going. Yeah. And it's a, it's it averages out about what forty k every week. I love that. Yeah. You know. It's like I think it's a good thirty to forty thousand a week on on SoundCloud. It's thirty to forty thousand a week on SoundCloud. I. It's still, this show is, like, one of the main things that when people happen to meet me out and about, they will mention, oh, I love you on Podquisition. Yeah. I still feel so honoured that I got to be able to be a part of this. Because, like, no joke, this helped push my career into being a thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was, um, for my music, maybe not the biggest boost, but what I love about this show is that it... Um, it is the, I don't have any other avenue where my audience can get to know me. Yeah. At all, really. You know, I don't, I don't talk, I don't do videos where I talk about things like Jim does. And I don't have, 
I don't write about things like you do, Laura. I just don't have the time for that. I'd love to, but I don't have time. So I love that once a week, there's a little place in the internet where my audience can tune in and just hear a little bit of my personality. Because that's very important in the internet age, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? The, 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 the thing that I really love about this is I really struggle with social stuff. I'm not good at communicating with people and mm. for the last four years this has been a reliable place where once a week I know that I've got some friends I can sit down and chat video games with mm. and that's been a really nice constant to just know that there's a little guaranteed bit of social social time in every week where I get to sit down with my friends and chat about a topic I know quite a lot about and just have a good time. Well I mean that's why I, I picked who I picked for this show and I think it's why the show lasted is because I said I have two friends who I love to chat to about video mm. games. Put them together. Laura and Gav and Jim are here, and then it was a good show to be had. Mm. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit drunk from my portal drink. Oh, so am I. It's fine. Me too, by the way. I apologise for being so shouty today. No, it's it's. I I think that people are gonna like this episode. I hope. I I think we got a good balance. I like this but... fucking episode. Yeah. If you don't like this episode, then fuck off! Yeah, go fuck off out of it! <laughs> I must say, Jim, you you fucking nailed the cast for this in yeah. that <laughs> me and Gab had never spoken before, yeah. and I'd not really talked with you, Jim, for any extended length of time. I am amazed that you just picked out of the ether. Yeah, this will be a trio that will work. I feel like there are three right. There are three uh, wonderfully forty-five degree angles on this podcast. I feel like it's a perfect triangle. Yeah, <laughs> it know? is the triforce. <laughs> yeah, this 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 show is. It's been a highlight of my week for four years now, and I hope that it just indefinitely continues. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know what day of the week it was if I didn't do this. <laughs> my, yeah. The, the stuff I do are like anchor points. I only know it's Wednesday because we're recording this, and I will only know it's Thursday because I will have posted this. <laughs> I am totally the same, but... Yeah, is that a nice point for us to wrap up? I, I think, think we're all, so, yes. we, we all said some nice thoughts. It's maybe a good place to do. I don't think a perfect triangle is 45. I, someone is definitely going to shout at me over that. Is it 30? What 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 degrees is a perfect... Like... Which one is the isosceles triangle? I remember that from school. No, because for, 45 degrees is half of a perfect... Uh... Uh, you're right, Ga Gav. It's, th it's 30 degrees. Yeah, it's half of a right angle. You fucking pedantic fucks in the comment right now. You know what I meant. <laughs> We're all too drunk to know our angles. Perfect triangle is that tall spin-off bet, isn't it? <laughs> oh, all right. This is the place where we finish. This is where we finish. Laura, how can people find out the stuff what you do on the internet that isn't this what we have done for four years? The, the, the stuff what I do. Uh, Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. You can find me on Dice Funk. It's the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every season's a self-contained story. We just started season five, which has Conrad Zimmerman in it. And we're in space doing adventures. Also, books. I've got a memoir coming out on July 18th, 2019, called Uncomfortable Labels. Also, uh, maybe you should keep some money aside end of September, maybe a week into October. There will maybe be a way for you to give some money to a book that has a bunch of really good pictures of butts in it. Oh. I can't believe you posted all those spoilers on Facebook. <laughs> 
I can't believe now. Now we know there's going to be butts in the book, Laura. <laughs> I went to a I went to a real meeting where a publishing house drew butts on a whiteboard for me. It was the best Brilliant. meeting I've ever had. Um, yeah, in the next like two to three weeks, there will be a way that you can put some money down to help make a book happen that has butts and my words in it. Nice words about butts. Wonderful. And Gavin, Gavin, from what I hear through the grapevine, you are. Kind of a pop star. Kind of. How can people get the proof of that with music? You can find my tunes on YouTube under Miracle of Sound. If you didn't know by now for the 16 million plugs <laughs> I did in this episode. And if you're a Podquisition listener and you're on episode 200 and you somehow haven't checked out my music yet. That's now, weird. Now is the time, my friend. And don't fucking go for Commander Shepard first. Go for one of the more <laughs> recent ones, all right? Because I understand, I understand when people go and they go back fucking eight years and they go, oh yeah, I listened to his Commander Shepard. Yeah, he's all right. It's a bit of a novelty act. No, no. Go and listen to the new shit. I'm fucking drunk right now. I'm telling you, go and listen to the new shit. So there you go. Miracle of Sound on YouTube and on Patreon if you want to help support me. And I'm on Twitter as well. And yeah, yeah, I'm. Sorry, guys, I'm drunk. I can't think of anything else to say. <laughs> it's all good. It's okay. We're all drunk. It's all good. Um, to the listeners, thank you so much for continuing to listen, to share, to, you know, listen again, if you want to listen to it twice. Some people do that with podcasts. Um, thank you for supporting the Gymquisition as a whole on Patreon, if you do that. And if you don't, it's fine. You're very welcome. Um As far as that goes, any news from me? If you can get to Jackson... Um, you know, I talked about this a little bit before, but if you can get to Jackson, Mississippi this Saturday, the September the 22nd, um, Stardust second ever match, elimination tag match with Ursa Major versus the Caveman. Um, it's my body he uses, so I've been training. Um, pretty beat up, but uh, it's going to be a big night. It's, it's going to be, if there's any night, if you've wanted to see Stardust in action, this would be the one to see, I think. Th- this is... This will be a biggie. Win or lose. Will you put some on YouTube? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, eventually, yeah. Um, a little bit, pro even a little film snippet. Stuff. Um, you know, I might see if we can push something onto the Instagram because we're still doing that because social social media. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I, keep an eye out for that. It's going to be pretty good. Um, all of the wrestling stuff is going to be pretty fun and interesting. And at some point, I'll have another episode of Resterling on Cultaholic, on the Cultaholic YouTube channel. Probably be talking about Dick Druids. That's a brilliant name. I love it. I'm very proud of it. Resterling. We'll probably be talking about Joey Ryan, the guy who wrestles with his penis. So that'll be fun. And other than that, we'll see you for episode 201. Can you believe it? Next week. Wow. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.